Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Okay, welcome back to 99 for One. This is episode 18. And today we're going to talk about the sixth trip to San Diego to look for my friend Ed. It was actually the largest trip. I had nine people total, including myself, uh, my friend Steve and I. And we. it was actually the first trip where we actually had females come with us and they lived homeless as well. I was, I was a little nervous about that, apprehensive in the earlier days. But as the more we got familiar with the sleeping on the street, where to go, where to sleep and, and such, we, we decided to go back. On that trip, I also had Gumby come back with me, who was there for his second trip. Steve was there for his fifth trip. My daughter, Courtney, came with me. She's my oldest daughter. She'll actually be on, on next week's podcast. But today I have with me a, a friend by the name of Jason Bruce. And Jason actually heard me talk a bit about the homeless trips. And so welcome, Jason. Hey, Will. How are you? Good. So I, I always have this uh, question in my mind. What made you decide to live homeless with me for the week? Uh, I mean, I have a friend there that was homeless, but you just decided to do it. What, what was uh, involved in your decision process? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh just to give you a background, my family and I have this tradition that every Halloween Eve or October 31st, we would go serve at a homeless shelter and serve food. And every time we go there, we would see homeless people in tents outside the facility. And I would think, okay, if they can't go inside to have dinner, then I must be out there serving food. And to do that, I have to stay there you know, spend a night there if possible. So that has always been in my mind until so I... So you thought about it or you yeah. actually did it? Not not yet, but it was one of my plans to do someday uh, until I hear Will, I hear you speak about your trip. And that that led me to like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to join you That's in it. one of my trips. That's great. That, it's interesting too. I've heard of people helping the homeless in, in soup kitchens on Thanksgiving and Christmas, but never Halloween. Did you dress up when your family got No, to no. <laughs> That's a good question. But it, it was just a tradition that, that I wanted to teach my kids that, you know, before they take candy or gifts from people, they have to give give away or give back first. Okay. Wow. And that kind of motivated me and why I wanted to do the trip was that to really show my kids and to really influence them to really have a heart of compassion and service and to really get their their hands dirty to do that. And for me, I feel like just modeling that would be the best way to, to teach right. that. It's more about what's caught than what's taught. People follow and watch our lives. So that's excellent. A great parenting, man. I remember, by the way, for those listening, we had nine people and we divided every group in three. So you were actually in my group, myself yes. and my daughter. I wanted her in my group to have some sense of uh, protection for her. And then you. So it was the three of us. And it was Benjamin, Gumby, and Georgia was a team. And then Steve had Evan and Connor. Yes. So that was the three uh, of yes. us. So tell me, what were there any observations you made on the first you know, couple days that you just thought, wow, this is like I thought or unlike I thought, living homeless and the interactions we had with, with the people living on the street? Well, the basic stuff is that, yeah, it, there was a lot of walking, definitely. One of my concerns was I'm going to go hungry 
there but no it, it that didn't happen i was surprised how a lot of groups or churches are very generous in providing food to the homeless but one thing that really uh, stood out was how diverse the homeless community is when i say diverse it's like the reason why they are homeless i was surprised that people are homeless because of divorce because of drugs and i think well, yeah, of, of course, unemployment and also I think I met a few that are also homeless by choice. So that kind of stood out just thinking that, okay, anyone could be homeless. I could be. I could be one of them too. Right. Yeah. And and it's actually the draw for, I believe California is the capital of homelessness in our country because the weather is so darn yeah. good. Right. And there are so many churches and nonprofits that are kind enough to feed people. Right. The Salvation Army. So you're right. At first think, oh gosh, am I going to go hungry? And then you find all these very kind exactly. and generous people that serve. So uh, was there any person or persons, whether you remember names or not, that you remember interactions with the homeless that just stood out to you? Interactions with the homeless. I do remember seeing homeless people that are just like zombies. And that's kind of like really disturbing to me too. I, actually, it was shocking to me to see um i do remember when we went to that place where the river bend i do remember seeing someone just sitting there in front of looking far with no direction and just kind of a thousand thousand mile stare yeah yeah just mumbling and uh, you know it looks like this person is possessed like that so yeah if if those of you who've listened to previous podcasts mission gorge was the area and the riverbed behind the home depot was the area where we met uh, Israel and Juan and the the drug dealers that we uh, took pizza to. If you haven't heard those episodes, I, f- I forget which episode that's on, but it's a previous episode. So we went back there looking for them. Yes, I remember that because I remember we were like kind of like really cautious about it because we know it's a very dangerous place. But at that time, I was really feeling, you know, I was feeling a little adventurous and a little bit brave. It's like, okay, let's let's do it. So let's I'll, do this, right? Yeah, let's let's do it and. I do remember Courtney going up in a tree, just yeah. just doing a survey if they see tents like that. Yeah, there was a tree in the back parking lot at Home Depot, and she da- she climbed up the tree and looked over the wall to see what are we walking into in the riverbed before we plunge in there, because uh, we do value our lives. It's kind of nice yeah. to come home after a trip. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do remember me like uh, leading the younger guys in our group towards that that area i don't think we found the person that we were looking for right right we went back and we met some guys i remember in in a tent they were they were where juan Mm -hmm. and israel and the uh lead lead alpha guy were and i remember what struck me was they they were very kind and welcome it was a totally different different crowd they were like come on in come on in and they welcomed us into their tent was pretty pretty gnarly and we we but we went in and sat down with this group of three people and then we actually even asked about Ed, and they said, oh, they, they called him Fast Eddie. We know Fast Eddie. And they started talking about him, and I said, I'd like to see him. And I was so caught off guard because they said, oh, he'd love to see you. And I'm like, really? And I was kind of shocked because I felt like, is he running from us before? But at this point, when they said he'd love to see us, we started talking more. But the more they shared, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, the more I'm we... I'm like, wait a second. A and I said, birth, yeah. wait, how old is Ed? And they said, he's 22. I'm like, no way. Ed is like in his late 40s. This is not the Ed. This is a different a, fast a different Eddie. Person, this yeah, is tall yeah. Eddie. But uh, what really surprised me in that area was just how that there are like people living in that place, that there are like pockets of 
communities, pockets of tents that are just living there. And that is back in the woods by a creek in a rough area, right? And that is really uh, surprising. And you know, you you it gets to your into your mind like why, what to what point that people would go to this situation, um, choosing to live uh, that way. So that's a little little concerning and really um, eye opening. Yeah, yeah, eye opening. Was there anything else? Okay, if, if if you're thinking back on the trip that impacted you in such a way you thought, wow. Uh, but you, you, you haven't come back on another trip. No, since. not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. I do have one situation there that I, to this day I still remember when we were at the train station. Uh, when we ran into Tom that, that yes. was on a previous podcast, the blind 82-year-old Right, Tom. And, and, and the only way we can do, you go to the, use the bathroom is if you go to a public restroom. So I used a public restroom there at the train station, and there was the guy behind me. I can hear I hear a guy behind me like cursing and telling telling someone to hurry up and go outside like that. And I was just ignoring him until I realized that the person was talking to me. Right. So I was like, oh, he was he was talking to me. And maybe because I was dirty, he, he actually thought I was a, a homeless person. So that kind of like eye-opener to me how you know how can how people can be rude and unkind and just made me realize like, okay, homeless people do have dignity. They do need... Some uh, they do need respect. Um, yeah, the second they classified you with the homeless, you were treated differently. Exactly, exactly. So that's a very uh, an eye opening situation, also for. So did for you me. say to him when you came out of the no? Bathroom, because I was <laughs> no. I, I did wish you say, I did. Excuse say, me, sir. I'm just homeless this week. Uh, yeah, I wish <laughs> I did something, but I, I was because I do remember like wrapping my shoes with duct tape to make it more dirty, like that. Yeah, no, and that was it was, was very convincing. Old, old jacket like that to. Um, some some was, of our team members are more convincing than others. <laughs> Let's just say that. That's... Yeah. So yeah, it, it was an eye opening experience. And and Jason, we always ask one question every week. It's uh, what about you and me? What what I mean by that is, it, for our listeners, is there something you would apply that you learned to everyday life that people listening could say, man, that that's helpful. That, that that's something I would want to do or not do. Is there any lessons on the street you learned that you would say this is good for me to? take home that you could pass along that's a good question i remember when i got home one of the few things that i told my kids was first is drugs stay away from drugs because i saw firsthand how evil and how bad drugs is and how it can suck away the life of a person stay away from drugs but mostly just be kind to people the simplest way that you can yeah you can give money or give food to a homeless person but for me, the simplest thing that you can do is just not to ignore people, not to ignore, especially the homeless, not to ignore them. Um, right. If you see some, if you see a homeless person, if you don't have money or food to give, that's fine. You can just at least look them in the eye and give them a smile. You know. But treat treat them yeah. as an equal, as a person, it, because not, you do recognize unlike the way you were treated in the background. Right. It, it, because. Just giving them attention is recognizing that they're there, their person, they're like you. And like I said earlier, with all the different reasons why people are homeless, it could be anyone. And and uh, we don't know their backstory. Right. It's, right. it's one of the questions we ask people on the street is, what's your story? Because it, it's kind of dehumanizing to just assume anything about this person on the street. Oh, why can't they get a job? What's their problem? Yeah. Or, and then you hear some of the stories like we did with... Kyle, uh, on, on a previous episode, when you find out he's 
a foster kid that was right. abused by foster parents and and he wants to medicate because how horrible his past was right. or Candace we met on this trip uh, was our we met her on the second trip and then saw her again and again and her street name was Gypsy and she just had an awful backstory just yeah. the ab- amount of abuse and people that have been mistreated or some right. even trafficked right 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 it's... and do you remember like most of the homeless people that we talked to everybody would say, oh, I wish someone's looking for me too. We would show my friend's picture, Ed, and then say, have you seen him? And then say, well, why are you looking for him? We'd say, we care about him, love him, trying try to get him connected. And they would say, I wish I, I wish I was Ed. Yeah. I wish someone yeah, was looking for me. And that is, honestly, that was a little bit heartbreaking because I go, there's a lot of people that are really longing for love and acceptance. And we just need to give that to them. Yeah. And yeah. I remember early on somebody posting on Facebook and saying, remember, everybody you meet is somebody else's Ed. Yeah, that's true. That's it's somebody else's yeah. brother or sister, mother, daughter, you name it, father, son. So let's treat them as such and love them as such because who knows how, how we might impact, we might have an impact on their life while we're out there. And that was kind of our mission. Right. Uh, right. How do we how do we love sort of the way, the way God loves with, without condition, uh, without expectation of change, just love them. Because, you know, God commands us to love, love him and love each other the way we would want to be loved, which was actually what originally drove me out there. I thought if I was homeless, I wish somebody looked for me. So Actually, your, that message of you, when you said that, that's the one that kind of like motivated me. When you said, if I'm homeless, will my friends be looking for me? And kind of like that, that made me think like, oh, yeah, that's correct. If I'm homeless or if my wife or my kids are homeless, are Will people be going out of their way to 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 look for for us, you know, to look for them or to look for me? Mm. So, well, great stuff. I really appreciate your time today, Jason. Thanks for being with us. Thanks everybody for listening to ninety nine for one. Tune in next week to uh, episode nineteen when my daughter Courtney will share her perceptions of that same trip. So, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to 99 for One, a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.